So my goal is to make these introductions to the episodes smaller and shorter because when I listen to podcasts, 90% of the time I fast forward through these. So if you fast forward through this, totally get it, understandable, but I do encourage you to <laughs> just bear with me and hang in there for a few minutes before you get to the episode because well, I don't know why. I guess I put out good information during this promo. If anything, you get to learn about the episode a little bit and who's on the episode. But before I get to that in regards to this new episode of the podcast, thank you everybody for listening. I always want to thank you, you the listener out there across the world. We have listeners all over the globe, which really blows my mind still. We also recently got some listeners up in Alaska, which made me super excited. That was like the the stronghold for the uh, North America where <clears throat> for whatever reason we had listeners and people uh, tuning into the podcast all across the country with the exception of Alaska. So recently, somebody up in Alaska tuned in and listened to some episodes of the podcast. And if that's you, thank you very much. I want to come up to Alaska. If I ever make it to Alaska, I know it's a big state, but hopefully we can connect and you can be on the podcast and you can be like, yeah, I listened to your podcast. That would be cool. But go to our website, energieslovepodcast.com. Find information about the show. Follow us on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. I don't know if you realize, but you can listen to the podcast on YouTube. You can also find out on the website about the work that I do with coaching, helping men connect to themselves and diving deeper into their emotions and all that kind of stuff. I'm very, very passionate about that. And if you want to learn more about that, maybe you're interested in that and you want to work with me, I would love that. That would be awesome. I'd love to meet you and love to work with you and love to help you in the space of connecting to who you really are and what you really want in life. I'm talking fast and that's okay. But go to our website, find all the information there, and then shoot me an email if you want to find out some more information. So this episode, uh, organically, not organically, I forced it to happen. <laughs> it didn't happen organically, but it was really cool. What it was, was I was online looking for people to interview, people that sparked my interest. And I came across this guy. His name's Luke Mandala. And Luke's an artist. He's a recording artist. He's a DJ. He does uh, really, really powerful, incredible work in the space of music and inspiring people, helping people, all that kind of different stuff, just through his art and through his work. And Luke actually lives up in Oregon. And the week that I found out, or the week that I found Luke and his work, he was coming through Utah. So I think it was like on a Monday that I found his stuff, shot him an email, reached out and connected with him and said, hey, you're going to be in town. It was like on Wednesday. So it was a very short time frame, but Luke was down for an interview. We met up and I want to shout out to my buddy, Will. Will was kind enough to let me borrow his apartment so that we had a place to record, which was super cool. So thank you for that, Will. And then Luke just showed up out of nowhere and was super chill and super cool. And we got to sit down and have an amazing conversation. And this is one of those conversations that I haven't had in a while with a guest because we got like super out there into the space of energy and the cosmos and the universe and the spin and the flow of all these wonderful esoteric ideas and concepts and what the hell is the meaning of life and what does it all mean and everything else in between. Super deep conversation with a really cool guy. So go check out Luke's work. It's lukemandala.com. Follow him as well on Facebook, Instagram, all those kind of places, and you can find all that information in the show notes. And I want to thank Luke for taking the time out of, I'm sure, his busy schedule to sit down and record this episode. We had a really good time. So thank you, Luke. I appreciate it, man. And for now, everybody, sit back, relax, turn it up, and enjoy. 
another wonderful episode of the podcast for the universe. Here we go. You're listening to the Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is the love podcast. The Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is Love podcast. The podcast for the universe. The Energy is Love podcast. So, Luke, thank you so much, man. I really, really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You were very, um, because it was last minute. Like, I, I yeah. told you how I found your stuff. And it was like, oh shit, that's soon. That's that's not long from now. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate it. Um, kind of throwing it out there. And then you were like, yeah, that's totally fine. Let's yeah. do it. So thank you very much. Um, the first question that I ask everybody, and it's a challenging question. Maybe. I think it is challenging for some people. It, it wouldn't necessarily be challenging for me. But um, the reason I like talking about it is because I like the idea that in some way, shape, or form, we change the conversation around this question and around this topic. And so the question that I ask everybody is what form of mental illness do you suffer from? Or in what ways do you (laughs) jump right into it? Yeah. What ways do you struggle with kind of your mental balance, your mental well-being, all that kind of stuff? Hmm. Mental illness. It's an interesting word, right? I hate it. I hate that label. That's the other thing that drives me nuts. (laughs) I know. I was a bit surprised you used it. Um, Well, one of my favorite doctors, I think, said he doesn't believe in illness. Um, What's his name? I can't believe I forgot his name. Um, It's the clown doctor. The, the clown doctor. He's literally a clown as well. But oh, is it the uh, Patch Adams? Patch Adams, um, maybe the most inspirational person I've ever seen in my life. Amazing. I have, I ran into him at Oregon Country Fair. I was chatting with him in person, and then looked in on his work more. And <clears throat> there's an amazing story that I have behind that one of the, one of the coolest times in my life for sure, exploring what I wanted to do. But, um, cause it was either music or helping people with, um, you know, challenging things they have going on physically, mentally, emotionally. And, um, I'm going to do both. I've always been doing both, but I don't think I'm going to do one of them professionally. That was one really cool thing about chatting with him is he has never been paid for it. And he's, he's a really radical guy. But um, anyways, um, mental challenges or whatever. Some of my biggest ones, I don't know, loneliness. I mean, I don't want to sound cocky, but I don't. I don't feel like I have any big, really big challenges. I mean, I've had ridiculously fortunate life. I mean, they, I've had big challenges, but I don't feel like I have like really big challenges on the day-to-day basis nowadays. I like chatting and going deep and really going for it and working on stuff. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm always going to need to, Oh, I'll, I'll have new ones eventually. And, and I even look forward to that in a sense because it makes me feel alive and 
and it, it, it makes me feel human and, and feel intense, intense emotions, but I don't know. Loneliness was probably my biggest one, but I spent a lot of time, you know, from 18 to 33, I'm 33 now. And, and that was definitely the biggest challenge in this lifetime. And then I realized that I wasn't lonely anymore three months ago because I figured out what would finally heal it. And that's a long story in itself, but that, <laughs> well, I want to hear that story. Okay. Um, I hate, like I said, I hate mental illness. I hate the, uh, the label, the stigma, the, even the thought process that somehow there's some aspect of our mental well being that is broken or that is ill and has mm -hmm. to be healed or has to be treated. For me, I think it's just the balance. It's the space of where do we, like, where do we struggle? What challenges us to maintain balance within our own space and within our own mental well-being, our emotional well-being, our mm -hmm. physical well-being? And I think a lot of times <clears throat> everybody deals in the same places. There's some people that are on a real far end of the spectrum because of what life has given them and the experiences that they've had, whether it's from birth, right? Sometimes you can't even deny what you were given when you were born because of simple like DNA that was passed down and transferred on to you. And then also just the life that you've lived, right? Trauma experiences, all those kind of things, uh, affect how we balance all of these different aspects. And so for me, when it comes to mental illness or mental balance, I think that I want to shift people's ideas surrounding it so that they feel more comfortable talking about it, but then also accepting it within their own space so that they don't think that there is something wrong with them because Undoubtedly, at some point in everybody's life, they thought that they were crazy, that they were like snapping or that they were losing it or that they're so depressed or that they're lonely or, you know, mm -hmm. that they're like ostracizing themselves over into the corner thinking that they're unique yeah. in all of this pain and suffering and struggle when in reality is everybody's right there with them. And so when it comes to loneliness specifically, how did that, not how did that manifest in your life in, the, in regards to like experiences, but what would that cause you to feel even more? Cause lonely is kind of the tip of the iceberg and what's, mm -hmm. what's below all of that. What did that cause you to feel and try to seek balance in that space? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's as simple as desire. And now I have gratitude. Um, the process of feeling better wasn't as simple as that thought that's for sure <laughs> i mean ever since i was 18 i've been looking into more progressive you know um like more radical whatever forward thinking cutting edge concepts with you know more advanced whatever teaching teachers or whatever since i was 18 but anyway, you, you have to like what what's really going to work for your emotions and your personality in the end it's it's you know they say you know whatever like um gratitude is the key to happiness in a lot of ways don't think about desire think about gratitude and then from 18 to 33 i'm like okay well how do i think about desire especially being a freaking scorpio it's like i desire a lot of stuff and um that's beautiful in a lot of ways. And how do I hold a balance with that? I like to work on a lot of things. I like to achieve things and I'm super driven. Um, but 
oh, how do I tone that down? And where's the balance to just hold gratitude? I don't know. In the end, <laughs> what what was like? Well, the what was the question? Kind of like how. Um, what was the process to sit? <clears throat> well, you, you keyed in on loneliness. Yeah. And I think behind loneliness, there's this massive amount of like, uh, cause loneliness is like disconnect, right? I'm disconnected from the world around me. I'm disconnected from the things that I want to experience. I'm disconnected even from myself and from my yeah. emotions and from my feelings. And what did that look like? How did that kind of manifest in your life? Yeah. Cause it's all a, ongoing process right yeah. you'll have periods of time when you're not feeling that and then periods of time when you do and they come yeah. and they go and yeah i don't know how it manifested because i had six siblings and a sweet mother i don't know <laughs> i don't know i know and i thought about that a lot too it's like how do I mean, that, that, that would help me figure it out. You know, why haven't I been able to figure this out? I've been trying to figure it out more than anything for, you know, 15 years or whatever. Why can't I figure that out when I want to figure that out more than anything? And I've achieved the dreams I want to achieve. I don't even know. I'm trying to figure out what else to work on. I want that. And I've wanted that more than anything. I mean, how great would that be? To just be happy on your own and just not even just be happy until you found a partner to be happy when you had a partner. And I mean, but it was the particularly challenging part was when I was single and then I would just want to be happy. And, and, um, I think, yeah, I don't know, I guess explaining what healed it might explain what was yeah, yeah. Tell lost. Me, well, tell me the kind of the thing that's, you know, you said three months ago, you kind of had a, yeah. Well, if you want to, that's oh, yeah, for thing. sure. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm down to talk about pretty much anything. <laughs> I don't mind opening <laughs> up, but well, there was a book and, but I don't want to say that, you know what this whole thing is like this book and this guy who wrote the book, the guy who wrote the book studied a bunch of different cultures. And I think that he, the book's called becoming supernatural by Joe Dispenza. He takes a lot of teachings from a lot of different cultures, ancient cultures and this and that. And he's um, got a massive following. You can check him out, but it's like, he's taking science and integrating that with, with the placebo effect and what, how we communicate with the rest of the universe. What are we creating with our mind and how do we instigate change in our lives? Um, as far as I can tell, he's on the forefront of a lot of that. A lot of the ideas are totally unfathomable for people. I can't even talk to about it with people very much. So I'm going to simplify on the podcast here because when I chat with people about it and the changes that I've, that I've had in my life, it sounds crazy and it's, unfathomable well give me an example of one like one of the ideas well, that i cured is... loneliness it was like the biggest challenge in my lifeline in a lifetime and i don't have loneliness anymore i greatly reduced hypoglycemia or like hypoglycemia effects in my life i um, had major changes in my career this is all in the last this is in the first month i started working on this out of three months um, that's just this year, right? I was manifesting partners in my life that 
I'm sorry, what was the question? That was just this year, right? Yeah, three months ago. Well, actually, I did these meditations a year ago for four days straight, and, and then two weeks later, the healthiest partner I've ever had in my life, the like, like the partner with all the characteristics I was looking to manifest through these meditations and through this these mantras I had throughout the day, she manifested two weeks later. And that was the healthiest relationship I've ever had in my life. And that was eight months. And then I started doing the meditations again three months ago. Within a week, I had the second healthiest partner, which is now the more appropriate partner for me because I was thinking about even more about what I wanted. I was I knew more about the characteristics I was looking for in a partner. And so basically what, what it all, I mean, basically what it is, is like you think about what you want and you believe you're going to get it. And there's a bunch of practices with that. But the cool part is he goes into the science. I mean, he explains the science of how we connect with the universe. And they've, in 2018, they have tools that can measure energy and they can measure effects. They've done a number of tests with people meditating and how that's, connecting to telepathically with the rest of the universe. They have tools that measure how your heart connects with the rest of the universe. It is crazy. It's, like, <laughs> it's amazing. And I, I dig science and I dig the rest. And sometimes you can't explain things with science and I'm, I'm okay with some of that, but it's extra nice when you can freaking explain it with science. But Anyways, um, what it came down to, part of what it is, is if you do, um, uh, if you do, if you're thinking throughout your day about what you want to create, okay, so there's a lot of, you know, self-help people out there that are like, you know, you do it, you believe it, get a good attitude and, you know, get excited and we'll all get together and you'll manifest stuff in your life. But where he takes it to the next level and there's other people, it's not, not just him, but I mean, I feel, I like studying his stuff because as far as I can tell, he's on the, on the forefront of it, like with, with the most info, the most cutting edge stuff or whatever. But is not only do you need to think you're going to be good to go, but you need to really feel it. And, and these meditations go real deep. I mean, I've, for the last three months, I spend 45 minutes a day meditating, which sounds like, you know, you might hear that and be like, I'm not going to do that. No way. But, and I meditated five to 15 minutes a day, every other day before that. And, um, but I wanted, after reading the book and really hearing the science of it, and there's 10 zillion testimonials online and everything, I was like, well, you know, I'll give it a go. And I always liked the idea of having a consistent meditation practice and, and, uh, yoga practice and having a consistent routine in the morning. And there's all these other things that I wanted to do that I never quite did. But I, I I don't know quite exactly how it happened, but also three months ago, I started thinking, okay, well, it, he just explained the science of it. And if I can create anything I want with my reality, <laughs> I'll even, <laughs> it even goes as far as like, I think that we're perceiving all of this with our minds. And that's where it gets really radical. I think that every moment, everything we're perceiving could quite possibly be an endless fractal of dreams. Basically, like we are with each moment, what we think we are is going on, what we truly believe is going on might just be what is going on. And so that's all our mind. And so we can actually create all this with our mind. And that sounds really crazy and unfathomable in a lot of ways, but I couldn't say it for sure, but I think that's quite possible. 
because he scientifically proved it like in length and with a zillion examples. But even then you can't like, he'll say it in the beginning of his book, but like, you know, I'm going to get a lot of shit for, for saying this, but I, but I got to share it because I've been studying this for 50 years and I've talked to a number of other people who believe it and they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to get, you know, like they don't want to lose their career or whatever because it defies everything we know. Most humans, it's like, it's just unfathomable at first. So, but I don't know. I still like talking about it because I don't know. It's interesting. And people are going to get something away from it and uh, they'll, they'll take something away from it. And Well, that concept and idea <clears throat> that we create our entire reality and that it is just some sort of like fractal space within our head, right? Like as you're talking about that right now, it makes me think about, because I've thought about this type of shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I used to always think about, like right now I'm sitting here looking at you. I can't see what's behind me. I can imagine what's behind me. Like I remember what that part of this apartment looks like. And I can remember the front door. You know, I can remember all of that, but I can't physically see it right now. Is it really there? Right? Is it, is it truly behind me in the physical realm mm-hmm. of where we're sitting right yeah. now? Well, I have an answer to that. What do you think? So this is some of the science they explain. So he goes into quantum physics. So he's also in the leading, you know, um, one of the leaders in, in, in the studies of quantum physics. And what, what, what basically what that says is that 99.9999999999% of the universe is nothing. And that, you know, like that leaves, you know, barely any of it is matter they see this with a telescope. And so basically what 99.9999999, all of it is, if it's nothing, this is an open space for communication. That's the unified field. This is, this is, um, I, I don't know. I can't say anything for sure. I don't believe in anything <laughs> for sure, but what they've been running is a lot of tests on how we manipulate that space with our minds and what we're creating with our minds. I'm guessing it's some type of interwoven dream, like interwoven, like our, our realities, they're interwoven. They're interacting. Um, I'm not saying like I'm creating you with your mind, with my mind and like I'm controlling you with my mind, but there's some, there's probably some interweaving in there. But anyways, you were saying, you know, what, what was the question? What's behind you, for example? Well, um, that's all a bunch of energy too. And you can communicate with that in a sense. So I don't know, you could, I do think it's possible to tap into that or anything you want because they've scientifically proven that with the unified field, you can communicate with anything you want. You can, you can, so you could communicate with a mirror to look back there. Like, I don't know, whatever. The sky's the limit. They call it the, <clears throat> the, it's, it's a space of infinite, um, possibilities and, you know, uh, uh, yeah, there's no time <laughs> there. There's no space. So part of these meditations that I'll go through is like, I tap into the unified field. You spend the first 15 minutes or whatever tapping into the, uh, your body. And then you go to a space of no, uh, you go into a, a then you go into the unified field, which is, there's no time there. There's, there's no, you are, you are no one. There's no time and you're in no place. So you're basically floating in 
blackness. You need to tap into like energy instead of matter. And then, and then you become a thought and then you're not like, you're only a thought. You're not like, you know, anything else. Like you're kind of just like cruising around communicating with it more. It's kind of hard to explain, but the part where it becomes fathomable to unfathomable is when you experiment with it and then you start to see changes in your life. Like we're all doing it to a degree, but anyways, how I healed the loneliness is so I was, um, believing I would do this meditation. And then the last part of the meditation, most of it is you're sitting there believing what I'm thinking about when I want to create and I believe I'm going to create it. I feel that I am doing it and I'm not feeling that I'm going to do it tomorrow or in a year. I don't, I don't put a time on it, but I, I'm, I am doing it in my mind. I am believing I can do it. And if I'm doing that 45 minutes a day for a day, you're going to feel way better. And the whole rest of your day is probably going to be better. I mean, we could all agree if you're thinking about some positive stuff for, you know, 45 minutes a day, you're going to feel better. But after a week, you're going to have a new temperament. And then after a month, you're going to have a new personality in some ways. And if you do that for two months or three months, you're going to have, I mean, I, I was, I was really trying, you know, and after a week, I didn't feel lonely anymore because I was spending 45 minutes a day believing I didn't. And I really held the possibility that I could, that, 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 that is possible. I could just not feel lonely anymore. And so I was just, I was thinking that. And then, you know, so basically you can, you shape an entire new personality and anything you want to think about in your brain. So I think I can change anything I want. How was the, cause are the meditations like stuff that he teaches in a sense that, I mean, it's a meditation practice that he teaches. Sure. Does workshops all around the world. He's got millions of followers. How was that different than, cause if you had already had a meditation practice in place, cause I'm yeah. a huge proponent of like, regardless of what meditation looks like or means to you, like just the simple act of sitting down and slowing down yeah. and connecting to some mm-hmm. space, whatever you want to think it is or call it or mm-hmm. feel whatever that space is. Yeah. It's beneficial. Yeah. And so how was it like, what did you see as far as the difference between your meditation practice was already in place? You could already see the benefits of it. Yeah. And now you incorporated this new stuff. What was the difference? Like, why was it so profoundly the science, the science behind it? You think? Yeah. And like just seeing how many other people it's been helping. And like, also I just had a new epiphany in my brain that I think that we can, we can do what we want. I mean, I already, I already, I already believe that to a, to a degree for sure. Um, I was always particularly confident, but like, it just like, I yeah, I think it was the science and he's just got, you know, so much, I've seen so many, he's got so many people that's helping and other people doing stuff like him where I can see, you know, I've just been studying a lot of, I've been studying a lot of this for years, like, um, power of the mind, whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like, just manifestation. What, what really right? can we create? Quite how far can we go? Like, it's just really fun. Yeah, manifestation stuff. And and then, but like seeing him lay it out so well, and it's just so cool to think. Like, I mean, I just think he's pushing the boundaries more than anything. And it's so nice. To, it's, it just feels like I'm really like, wow, that's really what, that's as far as humans can take it now. It just seems like really fun to be on the, try to be on the cutting edge of it, whatever. 
I think when it comes to a <clears throat> manifestation, I think we always want to believe in the good stuff that we're manifesting, right? That we're manifesting towards this goal, this purpose, uh, a happier place, a more content place, or even um, material things that we want to bring into our lives so that we are happier and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think we are continually manifesting all the time, like constantly, consistently, because it is that thought pattern. It is the energy that we create and put out into the universe and connect with mm -hmm. whatever it is, right? <clears throat> so we manifest all this shit as well, but it's just, for me, it's always just, not always, this has been a I guess a belief that has taken shape and form over the past several years that all of it is just energy. Like all of it is just exists. Mm -hmm. And it's not until we decide to label it good or bad or positive or negative or healthy or unhealthy, mm -hmm. uh, that it takes that shape and form for us, mm -hmm. but we're always manifesting all the time. And yeah. We'll label it good, right? I'm going to manifest this in my life or love or I'm getting rid of loneliness or yeah. whatever the case may be. But you're manifesting all the things that you label as bad as well. Like if you're depressed and if you Absolutely. are lonely and if you yeah. are sad or, yeah. you know, why do bad things always seem to happen to me? Because you're just bringing all of that shit yeah, and manifesting totally. that so, shit forward. So that, that, that actually brings up, that's also a major point of what was helping too is so the rest of the day. I don't just do it in the meditations. And I think that's another thing why it doesn't work for a lot of people is like, I spent the rest of the day, like actually for the first couple of weeks, I was literally spending like 95% of my day doing five second breaths, breathing in the emotion and the reality that I wanted to see throughout the day. And like, so yeah. So like throughout the day, you are trying to like, you need to think and feel what you want to see which you know, might sound hard, but it's possible. I did it. Other people do it. And, you know, so like right now I'm like, all right, well, I'm experiencing a little bit of anxiety because you're recording all this. Yeah. And like, no, I want to have an awesome interview. I want to feel good this whole time. And I'm, I take a five second breath and I breathe in that emotion. I sit up a little bit, you know, get some more oxygen right up to the top of my brain. And, and I just believe I can do it. And then it happens. Like, whenever I have anxiety throughout the day, I do stuff like that. I don't want to, you know, I'd be like, well, I'm worried this might happen with my relationship. No, I want this to happen. I'm not going to think about what I don't want to create. I spend the entire day thinking about what I want to create. And then the emotion that you feel with it, you are breathing. I, it all is with the breath. I realized that like breath is the key to everything for me. Like I need to breathe in the new emotion and it needs to be more intense than the negative emotion I don't want to manifest. So I'm confronting my fears throughout the day, honoring them, accepting them, but giving that like a second or two and being like, I'm going to start thinking about what I want to create now instead. And so I, so I'm working on it throughout the day. But if you're doing this throughout the day, you're going to start automatically doing the new things. You're just going to have a new personality after I don't know, however long you want it to take. I'll, be, I'll even go as far to think, no, well, yeah, it might take you a month to have a new personality. No, I want it to be within a week or now. Well, maybe it's, I could just instantly have a new personality with stuff. Like the sky's the limit. Think about whatever you want to create. Like, like don't, it's just, yeah, you can get really fun with it. The, uh, the thing that you described is like the 99.99999% yeah. is just like the nothingness, the thing that's out there that doesn't have matter do you know what i mean <clears throat> yeah 
a lot of times I think about because it's so expansive, right? There's not a limit to what exists. The universe doesn't stop. There's not a beginning. There's not an end. It's this ginormous Mm -hmm. uh, place, (laughs) obviously, that we're a part of. And I like thinking, um, because so many times we create uh, a scene or an idea or we create something in our mind and we always think that it's just there, that it's just in our mind, that it stays there, that we've just created whatever, right? If I'm going to guide you through some meditation or if I'm going to tell you to think about a tree and then you picture a tree, I think instantaneously that thing takes shape somewhere because there's enough space in the universe for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And with all the different, whatever we want to call them, whether it's realms, dimensions, areas, space, planets, it doesn't matter what we call it. There's enough space for all of it. And even though there's like 8 billion people on this planet, there's still enough space in the universe for all of their thoughts to be instantaneously created Mm -hmm. everywhere all the time. Do you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. even, even that seems like it's going to create and start eating up a bunch of that empty dead space Mm -hmm. where there's nothing existing, but the universe is so big that it doesn't really take up Mm -hmm. that much space because it never ends. Like the concept behind that whole thing of, if we just send something out into space, it will never stop. <laughs> it's never going to get to a wall. You mean and the, the thoughts of what we're creating? Anything, whether it's the thought that we're creating or even just a physical thing, yeah. a satellite, a spaceship. Or we stand up on the end of the earth and throw a rock. It's going to continue and never, yeah. ever, ever stop. Yeah. And that thing, like that thought process, for me, when I get, I don't want to say I get lost in the space of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, Luke, I have to like bring balance back mm-hmm. because I, I will, I will stay in that space. You mean trying to think about what's going on everywhere? Not necessarily just what's going on everywhere, but like just this huge esoteric space of what the fuck is this thing and this energy and how it's non-existent at the same time it is existent mm-hmm. and it's never ending. And I'm part you mean of it. Having and, a balance of like accepting it for it's- well my brain starts to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I go back into like, okay, in the present moment, I'm sitting on this couch. Yeah. I can feel the weight of gravity. I can feel my body. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. Like I have to slow it back down and bring balance back to that space because otherwise I feel like I would just stay out mm-hmm. there swimming around yeah. and all of these thoughts and all this energy and all this stuff that I yeah. like and it's not that I don't like being here in the physical present moment, yeah. but it's the balancing act of those yeah. two things. Yeah. So a lot of the meditation people would say you like, or whatever, a lot of different cultures, like if you are thinking about stuff, well, well a lot of what this comes down to is like this mental manifestation stuff is what, what they're saying what they're scientifically proven as far as I can tell is what you think becomes. And so if you're thinking about, that really often and you're looking for that balance then your energy is there where you think that's where your energy goes and that is what is being created in your life so if i spend 45 minutes a day thinking about whatever then then i mean material things even manifest if you're thinking about that too much and you want more of a balance and you're just doing the simple act of thinking about yourself then then you would become more and you would think about whatever I, I you, you, if you think you need more balance, then you might need more balance to think about yourself and being present right here in your body. And if you don't think you need balance, maybe you could just go out there and do it all the time. I don't know. <laughs> Sky's the limit, but, um, yeah, so that's what they say, what you think becomes. So 
there's definitely like a lot of meditation time I spend too, just thinking about like, or the, the simplicity of bringing energy back to yourself. If you spend your entire day, you get up, you do all the things you do every day. You never meditate. You never just shut. Can I cuss? Absolutely. I love to cuss. Great. <laughs> if, if I could just shut the fuck up for a little bit and just, just, just think about the simple, like, like, well, just, just being in your body. If you want to be, if you're not in your body enough, I used to be a total space cadet. The more I did yoga or did whatever things that make you think about your body means that's where your energy goes. You have more energy for your body. Like, um, basically what I'm saying is, you know, if, if, if you think about everything else all the time, that's where your energy will go. If you think about yourself, that's where your energy will go. If you spend your entire day focused on other things and you don't put any energy into yourself, you might be experiencing some in contentment or whatever the word with yourself. Like, so I spend a lot more time thinking about myself and my body now. And I've been having way better effects with my body. Like there's certain like uh, hypoglycemic effects. And that was in large part because I thought I had hypoglycemia. <laughs> I realized because everyone was telling me I had hypoglycemia. And so I was creating hypoglycemia in my body and was having the symptoms in large part because I thought I had hypoglycemia. That one really rocked my brain. That one's probably a bit more rare, but like I also was tapping into, in, into certain parts of my body that was doing this less, but like, I don't know, you can even tap, like part of it goes into, you can think about certain parts of your body. Like the, the hypoglycemia is attributed to a lot of parts in your second energy center in your body. And I realized that I was doing certain acts in the past that, that over exerted my second chakra. And so I second energy center, whatever you want to call it. And so I would spend time per day in my meditation and throughout the day, like, like repairing that part of my body with my brain. <laughs> and they scientifically go into how they've done tons and tons of tests with people about how they are repairing parts of their body with their brain. Like there's thousands and thousands of testimonials of people recovering some of the worst combinations of health problems ever. Um, from meditation and stuff like that. One of the things I, <clears throat> I forgot too, but you mentioned when you first started talking about this guy and this work and things like that, the placebo effect, mm -hmm. how does he incorporate that or what role does that play? Cause yeah. I think that's one of the yeah, like, that's most part of profoundly think like <laughs> that's part of it. I said, basically I feel like he takes the placebo effect and then like takes and integrates it with a bunch of other stuff and, he is one of the leading people on placebo effects. Sometimes I tell people about him and they're like, oh, it's the placebo effect. I've heard about that. And, you know, I don't know. I've kind of tried that a little bit, but it's like, you got to read the book and go through it. And it's like, it's combined with science and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You need to integrate it with the emotion, with the practice throughout the day of, of not just in the meditations. And Cause we could even apply it to this this con into the context of this conversation, what we're talking about as this big, huge, ginormous placebo effect where you have convinced yourself and in your mind and in your energy that this shit works and that this is real. Therefore it is mm -hmm. right. And then you've got people that are going to listen to this and think that, 
you're completely out there in left field mm-hmm. and this is a bunch of crazy shit, yeah. but whatever they're like, a lot of times, um, it's the same thing, right? Whatever we tell ourselves, whatever we convince ourselves, whatever we believe becomes our reality. Like that mm-hmm. itself is the placebo effect. If I give you the sugar pill and say, it's going to cure your illness and you believe that the sugar pill is going to cure your illness, mm-hmm. but it's not the sugar pill. Mm-hmm. It's just the energy and the intent and the thought behind it that you manifest and create. And so it's the same thing in the context of this conversation as well yeah. as I think. Yeah. Everything yeah, it's mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. It is mind blowing. I had one other thing that, um, well, not one other thing, but one of the things that you talked about as well, you kept kind of talking about, um, relationships and manifesting partners. And I think I want to get your take on this because, mm-hmm. One of the things that I guess I constantly kind of look at, analyze, think about, it's like I grab a hold of something and then carry it around for a while and decide if that's going to be my belief or if it's going to be just something that I think about for a while and then change up or let evolve, right? My beliefs a lot of times will evolve over the years. And I think that one of the big reasons why we're here meaning why this thing exists and why we're on this planet or in this place or whatever that thing may be is relationships and is connection and is finding that in whatever way, shape or form that it comes. Mm -hmm. So tell me what you think about like what role has like your current relationship or your past relationships, or do you feel like there's always been some part of you that has been seeking connection with someone else and yeah. I don't know if there's a question there yeah. or not, but Oh man, it's everything to me. As I think most humans would agree, it's runs my whole life. I just want to spend time with my friends and family. It's everything. It is, right? Super grateful for it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're in this human lifetime maybe. Maybe there's other lifetimes and we're other things. Um or I'm human now and what is unique about being human? What would I want to experience in this lifetime? that I can only experience in this lifetime and not the other ones while hanging out with other humans, being in my physical body, experiencing this body and, um, and experiencing emotions. Like there's a lot of like traversing the cosmos and stuff that's fun, but, and you know, whatever else besides being human, but, there's a lot of human stuff that I can only do in this lifetime. So my heart tells me that that might be the truth. That feels like what I want to do more than anything, what might be real. So yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. It's just, uh, emotions and yeah. Connecting with humans. and Yeah. Why do you think we suck at it so bad then? (laughs) I don't feel like we do. I mean, the people I connect with, I mean, people get caught up with money and, you know, trying to, you know, survive, you know, and like, you know, the first four energy centers and stuff trying to survive and just deal. But then there's, you know, the top three energy centers, which are like sharing your heart and, and connecting, like connecting with the cosmos as a human and doing like very, like, yeah, sharing and experiencing more. Yeah. 
Does that answer the question? The question was basically like, what, 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 what do you want to do with relationships? Like, how do, how important do you think they are? Well, I, like I said, I don't even know if there was a question there, but mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> what do you think? I guess, like, what, what do you think right now at this current point in your life is the purpose and reason behind everything that's taking place <laughs> for us? Is a like, why the hell are we here? What the hell is the purpose of it? Because sometimes I think it's the relationship. Sometimes I think it's the connection and the bond. Yeah. And the reason behind that is because it creates so much energy. Yeah. So the the love that we have between Mm -hmm. the the people that we connect with, our family, our friends, our loved ones, creates this massive amount of energy and that energy feeds the spin of the universe. And so I think that's the reason why our physical bodies are here on this planet is simply just to create energy in the easiest, fastest, most abundant way to do that is through connection with one another yeah that is so cool the way you put it i'm gonna think about that more i really resonate with that um yeah for sure i mean to create love and share love it's definitely the most feels like the best thing to work on so i'm gonna continue (laughs) to work on that for sure definitely yeah do you think that's the reason why we're here or do you think there is there even is a reason why we're here i mean i mean I don't, I don't have any strong opinion on what anything is or what the reason for anything. I don't, I don't know anything for sure, but love feels best to me. And that is what I'm going to, I've been working on and I'll continue to work on the most because it's undoubtedly where I'm feel called to work on the most. And like, it's like the answer to everything to me. So and it's nice connecting with other people that feel that way. And it's nice trying to help people with what they got going on using it. It's just amazing how much it works. It's good stuff. Yeah. I think that, uh, like everything else, it's just a simple emotion, even though it's not simple. And I think that all of like emotion itself, if we laid them all out on this big, long spectrum, we're going to label them like, here's the ones that fall on the positive side of the spectrum and here's the ones that fall on the negative side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to get rid of that like split Mm -hmm. and just realize that they're all the same. And our goal, I think, or our purpose or our challenge in life is to feel them all the same. So when we feel love, we feel love. When we feel Mm -hmm. sadness, we feel sadness. Mm -hmm. When we feel anger, rage, uh, depressions, whatever it is, loneliness, we allow just as much time and space and energy to fill those and process those as we do happiness and joy and love and all the other ones that we would label on the other side of the spectrum. Because at the end of the day, they all create energy. Like even though you may be really sad and really depressed, there's still energy being created in that space. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're saying don't suppress. If you're, so if you're suppressing, you feel like that wouldn't be as much of the purpose of the universe or whatever, like you're just blocking and yeah, I mean, it doesn't, yeah. Well, it's like you are, uh, like you're trying to resist what we label as negative and bad because you don't want to feel that way. Yeah. But the key point is feel like all we're supposed to do is feel these emotions yeah. and in the process of feeling them, like we take that energy in. We fill it and then we spew that energy back out and we label it good and bad energy. And I'm putting out positive vibes into the universe as opposed to negative vibes. Yeah, totally. I mean, but it's all the same energy. 
kindness, compa- love, kindness, compassion, not feel it with hate as much. Well, think about how much energy gets created by hate. Because even like right now we have a lot of what we would label as hate and discontent and pain and suffering taking place on the planet. But it creates a massive amount of energy still. Yeah, but I mean, you're saying, you're not saying you want that. Well, I mean, some of it's destructive, you know, it's super ugly, so. But that's energy. Yeah. And if our purpose and goal is just to create energy for the universe to that's feed. possible. Then can't, we can't label it good or bad or positive or negative yeah, I don't or believe destructive. Yeah, good or bad, no. But yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm open to that. I mean, I can't say anything is the proper thing to do, but I mean, to, to have hate, um, I mean, that, that is energy. Are you saying that's a good thing for me that there isn't a good or a bad thing? Well, I mean, or a healthy thing, whatever, healthy or unhealthy. It's all just fucking energy. Yeah. And so, yeah, sure. It's our small little tiny, like computer brain that has to contextualize and put parameters around this existence that Mm -hmm. label it hate or bad or good or love so that we can actually like take that information in uh-huh. and make it feel better for us one way okay. or the other to satisfy our physical body. But on the big grand scheme of thing, the universe doesn't look at earth and think, boy, there's a lot of hate going on. We really need to bring balance to that space. The universe just looks at earth and says, that's my fucking energy machine right there. And it's pumping out energy to continue the spin of everything that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that it's flowing and I'm happy that it's spinning and it's, yeah. you know, not a dead planet in a sense or a dead space. I could see that. <clears throat> yeah, but it's hard. Like I hate, cause we want to end suffering. We want to end pain. We don't want to put forth hate into the world. And mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. We always want to go towards the positive and away from the negative. No, I think it's totally super unhealthy to do that. I think it's super important to confront the negative. Confront it, head on, love it, recognize it, accept it, feel it, get up in it. I'm sure lots of other people say that. (laughs) I couldn't have healed the things I didn't in the past. Do you think you've healed them? That's the other thing that I challenge myself with. Well, I mean, there's always more to heal. I mean, I could always feel a little bit more in the moment, a little bit more, a little bit less desire at times. But think about this, because this is my thought process. I don't want to feel sadness again. And so I want to heal the things that cause me to feel sadness. However, I can 100% guarantee from this point moving forward until I stop breathing, I'm going to feel sadness again. But the beautiful sadness is crazy pretty. Yeah. So I don't want to heal. If you see it that way, if you think and feel it is that way. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we ever really heal these things that we want to heal. I think we just evolve to the point where we can use that energy in a more productive way so that it doesn't feel like we're stuck. Cause that's the other thing too, is the more I, the more I dive into my emotions and practice like the fine art of feeling all of them fully, Mm -hmm. um, the easier they become to feel. So it's not a race to get rid of sadness when it comes in. It's just a recognition of here it is and I'm going to feel it. And it's the same thing where I'm not going to always hold on to happiness and joy it is, it too will leave just as sadness leaves. And so I just want to feel all of them while they're here, fully understanding that they're going to leave 
and the next one's going to come and the next one's going to come and it sounds very peaceful yeah it's it super challenging depends on how much happiness and sadness you want to feel i mean i like feeling a little bit of pretty sadness and a lot of happiness personally so yeah but what about like the really sh- like what about like the like loneliness and rage and all the ones that we would label as super negative or dark and hard to feel like you have to be able to feel those ones just as much so then when you get into the space of ecstatic joy and like pure love you can be there just as present and feel that just as much yeah if that is what you're being what's that what if that's what comes into your life yeah go through it and experience everyone experiences <laughs> it yeah to a degree yeah rage i haven't experienced that one in a while when i was a kid it's a hard one i think yeah. it's a, i think it's an emotion that a lot of people resist and we don't want to um feel yeah. it because it has so much fear surrounding it yeah. It's the unknown of what's going to happen if I fully step into that rage and let that kind of wash over me. What am I going to do or what's going to happen? Yeah, because a lot of people vent that through horror movies or whatever else. Weird. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm rage to vent nowadays. It's kind of like to chill. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else do you like to do, man? I know you're, you're from Oregon, right? Yeah. How long have you lived up there? Oh, uh, since, um, I, 2005, I moved to Portland four or five. Then I went to Eugene in 2006. Yeah. Do you like it? I mean, obviously you must like it up there if you've lived there for I like 10 it. years. Yeah. Eugene's probably the healthiest place I can think to live on the world. I've had... I'm super grateful to be in the Northwest because my favorite philosophers and more importantly, just my heart and myself, I feel like it's the freest place to live in the world. Some of my like people I I admire more than anyone say that they feel it's the freest place in the world. And yeah, it's nice. I like the water too. It's a lot of water and Super comfy, really nice, chill, real people. It's easy to talk to people. You don't got to dig through a couple layers of whatever. Bullshit. That goes on <laughs> in their city. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you like to do? Because I know you, I mean, you work a lot and you get to travel a lot from the sounds of it, right? Yeah. Um, well, I was doing music full time for a few years. And then a couple of years ago, I didn't want quite that much isolation in my life of touring full time. So I started an eco-friendly roof cleaning business called eco wash and i do that one day a week and um i'm super grateful it's provided a really nice balance for um you know not being like paying some of the bills so i don't have to be on the road all the time with music and it's been a ongoing process figuring out quite how much i want to be on the road with music and like yeah right now i'm at a big crossroads and figuring out you know whether i want to start producing bigger events again definitely been doing a lot of smaller ones in eugene and there's so much that i like about the smaller ones and the intimate ones and and um yeah so yeah 
it's like I spend all my time. I spend like 80% of my time making music and talking to people about deep stuff like this. And then the, <laughs> and then one day a week I have to go exercise on this other job that I love. I'm super grateful. Yeah. And like eco wash has been a, a big blessing. Have you been able to do everything that you wanted with your music or are there still things that you would want to do with it? Whether it's something that you want to produce or something, some other type that you want to get into or even just on yeah. the bigger scale. Yeah. Um, I, there's always more people to heal with music. Um, you know, it's like, I don't feel like it's me healing them, but it's really fun tapping into channels that help people get healed and there's always more to heal. So that's one thing I really love about music is, you know, it's never quite good enough in a sense. It's super fun. I'm happy with where it's been and I'm, I'm stoked on some of the tunes that I've made, but it, it can always be better. So it's really fun working on, making the music better, healing more people. Um, yeah, I'm definitely pretty content with like a lot of stuff that's happened and, 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 um, but yeah, it's just like an ever evolving thing. There's always new sounds, new, new channels of, of culture to tap into with music and all that. So yeah, I'm going to continue building that career for sure. And, and it's, it's, it's fun figuring out what sounds, I connect with fully that other people can also resonate with. Luke, I can't thank you enough, man. This is already over. Wow. Yeah. I really, really appreciate How about it. That? Like it makes me so happy that like I told you before we started recording, I just get to like randomly find stuff and be like, Oh shit. I want to talk to that guy. Yeah. And I really, really appreciate the time. Yeah. It's super fun going with the flow and just, and just like, yeah, seeing what pops up, new things to chat about. This is really fun. You're awesome. Thanks so much <laughs> for having me. I'm really feeling blessed to connect and just send some nice thoughts out into the yeah. world. What's the easiest way for people to find you? LukeMandala.com. I have a, another moniker called Mandala Effect, A-F-F. ECT and uh, that's more like down tempo, side bass, mid tempo breaks stuff. And then Luke Mandala is like house and techno. And yeah, lukemandala.com will connect you to everything. I'm on Facebook and the rest of the socials. Do you have any big events coming up soon or when you perform it next? Right now, I'm really focused on making music. Um, actually, I can't think of any big bookings right now some ecstatic dance probably playing the ecstatic dance in eugene the first saturday in no in not in december actually at lost valley ecstatic dance not any big ones right now i'm focused on this new album and whatnot yeah sweet thank you man yeah thanks what is unique about being human what would i want to experience in this lifetime that I can only experience in this lifetime and not the other ones. What you think becomes. Gratitude is the key to happiness in a lot of ways. I mean, to create love and share love, it's definitely the most, feels like the best thing to work on. Everything we're perceiving could quite possibly be an endless fractal of dream 